So are you tired of seeing little or no return for your marketing efforts? Have you been burned doing business with cheap internet companies that lock you into long-term contracts and provide no tangible results? Do you want people who are actually interested in your products and services to find you easily on the internet? WSI has developed in-depth knowledge and an extensive network of industry thought leaders that know your company's goals and objectives are unique. When you work with them, you not only gain the local expertise of your WSI consultant, but they guide you through an effective strategy based on digital experience of their global network. Work with a company that understands your business and provides real results at a price you can afford. Find them at WSIDigitalConnections.com. That's WSIDigitalConnections.com. Welcome back to Digital Connections, where we bring in expert advice to connect you with the services and resources to build a successful business and ultimately to create the life of your dreams. This show is for entrepreneurs, business owners, and anyone interested in running a side hustle to their current nine to five. One episode at a time, we help you build a successful business through amazing digital connections. I'm your host, Nancy Johnson. Business owners hire my agency to find their magic marketing formulas. On my way here, I have found amazing resources that have helped my business grow and they'll help your business thrive too. Everyone needs a friend in online marketing because online marketing is about connecting people. So my friends, one thing I know without a doubt is that you cannot make substantial growth in your business without attracting the right clients. To attract the right clients, you must have good marketing with a clear message. And your message will never be clear if you do not understand your own brand, and especially the people that are looking for that brand. As a marketing coach and strategist, one of the biggest struggles that I see for my clients is the ability to clearly define their brand and their messaging. They will come to my agency to build a website or to get them found in search results or to do online advertising, and they expect that this is the magic formula. They expect that these tactics will get them in front of the right people. But this is really putting the cart well before the horse. Brand is everything that defines your business, and it must come first. Otherwise, your message is muddled and people have no idea if you're able to solve the problems they need answers to. When you have that clarity, it becomes so much easier for your clients and customers to find you. So today we're going to look at how to attract the right clients to scale your business. It really rolls back to the relationship between brand and marketing. And I brought my old friend, Gabriel Shields, who along with his wife owns Kelly owns uh, Be New Creative. So people hire Be New Creative to help develop authentic brands that create loyalty and trust with their audience and people. As a husband and wife team, 
Gabriel and Kelly understand how a successful business is like a successful marriage. It requires two very different people to discover their shared values in order to make healthy and beneficial decisions so they can better the life of the other person. Be New Creative helps businesses look beyond products and services so they market effectively and establish the perfect marriage between a successful brand and successful people. So Gabriel, welcome back to the show. I mean, I'm it's always great to be back on the show and it's always great to be talking with you, Nancy. Yeah, fantastic. So let's start back at the beginning so that we're all on the same page because I think sure. there's a lot of confusion and some myth dispelling that kind of needs to happen here. Um, but let's talk about what marketing really is. Absolutely, absolutely. I think this is the common distinction that has to be made between brand and market, right? Marketing, which is that uh, branding is really the message, but a lot of people think marketing is, and that's where the myth comes in is they think, oh, marketing is, is the message, but marketing is just the vehicle or catalyst. I like to, to use this example. Imagine that you are going to buy a brand new Lamborghini, right? And it looks beautiful. Everybody, I mean, who wouldn't want a Lamborghini, right? And then you find out that it doesn't have an engine in it. Well, I bet that thing's not leaving the lot, both, you know, literally and figuratively, right? It's, it's not going to actually move. And so what ends up happening a lot of times is people get really excited about the Lamborghini, the marketing. Now, if you were to be on a hill and you just threw your car in drive or in neutral and you just stepped out of it and let it roll down that hill without you, what's going to happen, Right. <laughs> Everybody knows what's going to happen. It's it's going to find a ravine. It's going to find a tree to wrap itself around. So really what it is is that brand is the driver. It's the identity. It's the message. Mm. It's all of the things that actually do connect with our audience and say, this is my reputation because brand is all about reputation. Marketing is how we allow that reputation to be uh, communicated and to be uh, brought forth. So there are marketing channels, but without that brand identity and that brand messaging, those marketing channels are going to be completely flat. I love that because that is exactly what happens in way too many cases. People go out, they're trying to do SEO, they're trying to build a website and it is just, it's a glorified business card or, you know, it just has no guts to it. Right. And people Absolutely. are not connecting with it because it's, 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 it's a car without an engine. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Actually, you know, it's funny that you chose a Lamborghini. I actually was going to tell a story in the intro to this show because I was also going for, you know, there is this definite emotional uh, characteristic that ha that connects people to your message, right? And oh, to your brand. And, you know, it's really, it ultimately, I think almost everything in this world sells through emotion. Even though we like to believe that we're very logical human beings and that, you know, we've got, a, you know, we care about the stats and we care, we don't. Really, honestly, you know, when you're buying that Lamborghini and you're looking at it and you take it home to your wife after, you know, you've, you've bought it off of the lot and you tell her, oh, you know, it's got great safety standards and, <laughs> you know, and the you're resale lying. value on this thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you're trying to be a salesman. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, well, how does a business go about though building that loyalty and the trust in sales when it really, when it really is about that emotion, when it really is those kinds of connections, how do you actually get that trust in there as well with the people that you're trying to reach? 
Absolutely. This is an interesting thing that I, interesting philosophy that I think a lot of people neglect as well, which is that brand kind of covers the sphere of both internal and external components, right? So the internal piece is really, you know, unifying with your team, unifying your message, unifying those pieces, right? It's the foundation. If you built a house without a foundation, it wouldn't stand, right? What we build our house on, if we build it on sand, good luck. If you build it on a rock, yay, right? You know, the three little pigs can teach us something about building a really strong brand. It's all about the, the materials you're building it with. And we say, start with those values, right? If you're in a team, if you're in a, um, and, and a lot of companies, they have company values listed, but how many of them are actually utilizing them and living them? This is not something that we just throw on our website and call it a day, right? Mm -hmm. This is stuff that actually has to be utilized, right? You know, if you're paying for a tool that you never use, you're wasting your money. If you have values that you're not utilizing, you're wasting your time and everybody else's. So the first thing is if you want to be successful with your customer first, unite your team. Because if your team understands the purpose and direction and the reason that they're there, then ultimately the sales take care of themselves. Because think about it. Let's say that I have two companies and one of them I'm going to be on hold for an hour and one of them I'm going to get somebody in 10 minutes and they're going to take care of me. Um, mm -hmm. Which one do you think I'm going to choose? You know, obviously the one where I'm on hold for 10 minutes and I get somebody, right? And we see that statistically people are willing to pay 25 to even upwards of 30% more for those services. Because if you think about it, I mean, why wouldn't you? Like, that's my hour. You know, if I'm going to on hold for an hour, I'm actually losing money or I'm losing time with my family. Well, you know, if we're looking at it from the business perspective, buying this, every hour is money. If I'm looking at this from a family, a consumer, every hour is recreation. Every hour is family time. Mm. Every hour mm -hmm. is personal time. So I think really what it comes down to is we throw around these words like authenticity and they become buzzwords. And I'm actually not offended or I don't think that people should be offended by buzzwords. I think they become buzzwords when we don't live them. That's the problem. Yeah. Cliches, there's a reason why things are cliche because there's a truth to it. There's a, there's a truth that we all perceive. And I think the problem is that when we just disregard something, go, oh, it's cliche, just negate it or it's a buzzword instead of like if somebody says hey we're authentic and they're actually authentic you don't look at it as a buzzword so to mm. get to that real that that real loyalty and trust i say first focus inwardly on building the foundation with your people and then allowing that to be relayed through the experience that your customers get mm. when they realize that everybody's on the same page and i'm taken care of because when you take care of your people they'll take care of your people and those people will buy from you and ultimately take care of you. So that's the structure I think is the really important piece. Yeah, no, I will say, and it's really interesting, uh, you know, this brings to mind, I was actually on hold. I had, I was setting up my mom's new cell phone for her, right? And I was on hold with one company uh, that I was transferring her over to. They have great prices and I know it's something that she can actually afford. And uh, they also have a nice selection of cell phones at the price that she can afford to, right? The other company is one of the higher, you know, bigger brands. And she was guaranteed she was going to pay like a thousand dollars for her phone, which, you know, on her senior salary, it's, that's not something that's yeah. looking real positive, you know? Um, but on top of that, their customer service, in my opinion, is just, they're, they're not even comparable, right? Now, the funny right. thing is though, 
I stayed on hold for almost an hour with the new company uh, before someone answered because of, you know, the the current the current uh, atmosphere of being able to hire help right now um, and, and getting good employees. Uh, you know, it's really difficult for companies. And so I stayed on hold for an hour with them. But the other company answered fairly faster, you know, but there was such a difference in the customer service. The one that I stayed on hold with, I just loved talking to them. I felt like I was old friends with them when I chatted with them, you know? So I didn't mind sitting on hold for an hour knowing that, right? So, but it goes right back to what you're saying. You know, if you're training your people right and the values that you hold are actually coming through, it shows, you know? So, absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love that, you know, we kind of joked earlier, you're like, you come home when you tell people, you know, you tell your wife, oh, here's the Lamborghini. We're like, oh, you're, you know, you're li- you have to kind of lie. Well, I think the same thing happens with businesses when they don't, um, they don't offer that experience is that they end up having to overpromise a lot. And when it kind of, you kind of mm. feel it, you know, we kind of take the Lamborghini to the customer and we start selling them on all the features and all the look and all the, and on the emotion. And I agree with you 100%. We, we do, we are emotional buyers. We're emotional people. I mean, it's actually our God given design is that we have emotions to allow us to, you know, you can get into a very scientific level that helps us survive all the way into how we connect with other human beings. And that's, that could be a whole other topic, but the, the main nugget there really, the reality is, is that it can easily become either emotionally manipulative just to get a sale or emotionally supportive. And I think the difference there is coming home with whatever it is, right. And being able to say, go beyond the external value or the external look into the internal value. And that's, that's a, that's a big, big difference. So we don't want to design our companies in a way where we are always feeling that tension of feeling like we have to over promise because we actually aren't actually, we actually aren't offering any real intrinsic value. So we end up over promising Mm -hmm. to hide. And it's a, just, and I don't know that people do it. I mean, I'm sure there are companies that do this purposefully. I think some entrepreneurs do this. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, you know, that, you know, hell, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Many people are like, Oh, I really want to be able to give, but I don't really know. They haven't really taken the time to, to really, locate and identify that value in their brand. And Mm. so when they sell, they don't even realize they're doing it. Yeah. I think that you, you, that is such a good point. And in fact, that brings up this idea about when you're developing your brand, when you're talking to other people, knowing your own worth is so vital, right? And it's a major piece of that. You have to really know what you can deliver. And that has to be your honest, your honest message out to the world. Uh, And that's when you're talking about authenticity. That's exactly what you're talking about is, is knowing what that worth is. And it's also not selling yourself short either, right? It's also right. not underpricing or undervaluing what you're trying to give uh, uh, to to the world out there so that you can, you know, I think a lot of that happens out of fear, especially for new entrepreneurs and new business owners, you know, they're willing to undercut themselves uh, and undercut their product value uh, just because they're afraid they're going to lose a customer, you know? Um, oh, Absolutely. And- and so that's, it's even more important from that, from that framework to in attracting the right customers as well. When you're talking about attracting the right people, being very clear on what your value is and holding yourself to that uh, matters as well. 
I 100% agree. I think it comes down to really the reality of the difference between a cost and an investment. And we need to start looking at ourselves as an investment, not a cost, right? A cost, mm -hmm. you lose money, right? You pay for something. It's not always. I mean, we can look at it as transactional. You know, I buy an, mm -hmm. I spend an, a dollar and I get an apple, um, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> I wish that apples were a dollar now, but I don't know what they are. Um, but, you know, I spend... X amount of dollars and I get something. But an investment mm -hmm. is I spend something and then I gain more on top of it. I, I you know, if if you're saying, look, I cost this much, but the the value that you're going to receive from this, you're actually going to get a return on investment, you know, you know like four or five times return on investment. You're not looked mm -hmm. at as a cost. And so that allows you to look at your pricing structure a lot more, a lot more different, you know, or a lot differently than um than how you would otherwise. I think mm -hmm. that's a good point is a lot of people tend to begin by saying, okay, I'm just going to do my market research and look at my customer and, and then just start selling to that, that um, kind of that structure that I've created. And mm -hmm. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But again, like you said in your intro, the cart before the horse is that if we were, um, if we're going out on a date, right? Cause customer is kind of a dating process. I, I've talked about this before. You know, if you don't know what you're offering, then you're just going to say mm -hmm. anything to close that sale or to get that date, right? You know, like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I'm an astronaut, you know, like whatever it is, you know, it, it, we, it puts us in a very awkward position to be less authentic and less honest. Mm -hmm. And again, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, at the end of the day, there are a lot of people, if you don't know your brand identity or if you don't know your own personal identity, I think there's mm -hmm. a lot of that going on right now in, in both, you know, the personal specter, spec, uh, sector <laughs> and mm -hmm. the professional sector is a lot of people are, there's a, a big identity crisis of not knowing really what I stand for, what I believe, who I am. And so just following the cultural, you know, uh, the cultural wind and wave and being tossed about and changing tomorrow, it changes. So I change with it, but we don't really mm -hmm. trust people that do that, right? We we are looking for mm -hmm. consistency, and consistency yes. has to be rooted on a solid foundation of something that is not changing. Things that say, like if yeah. if I'm you know I'm a father now, right, and I'm a husband, yeah. and if tomorrow I came in the house and completely changed everything that I said to my wife and my son, then how could they trust that I'm actually? Uh, going to provide or, or how am I going to be, you know, that trustworthy family member to them that they, there's no security. There's no loyalty and trust come from security, knowing that I'm secure and I can actually truly trust this person to mm. be honest with me. And consistency does that. Consistency also sometimes tells people the hard things that, you know, like, or says, I don't know the answer to that. Let me find it. Or mm. I, you know, I've never, I've actually never, um, for instance, I've, I've worked with clients before where I've said, you know, I've actually not had any experience with that, you know, with running yeah. a magazine mm -hmm. article or something like that and doing a print at there. So I just want you to know that up front that that's not a place that I have actual experience. I have a plethora of people in my network that I could reach out to and see if there's somebody that's a better fit, or I would mm -hmm. love to dive in and do my due diligence and do the research for you. But you can trust that I'm telling you the God's honest truth and not just, you know, telling you what you want to hear. That's, that's consistency sure. because we mm -hmm. can just say like, you know, I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And that's trust building right there, right? So how do people go about finding where their true client is? How do they go about uh, 
locating those people, right? I know we start with, we start with, uh, you know, in, in my business, we start with that persona, right? But mm-hmm. um, what, what else goes into how, how, how to find that true client? That's an absolute great question. And you still start there. Um, you know, mm-hmm. customer persona, customer avatar, target customer, yeah. whatever you want to call it. It goes by many names. I like to call it a customer avatar because I'm a huge fan of the Nickelodeon show. No, I'm just kidding. That's not why. <laughs> <laughs> but I do actually do really love um, Avatar The Last Airbender. But actually, it means to embody something. So it just helps me to remind myself that I'm actually trying to embody the needs and walk in the shoes. So when I coach clients on that, that's what I say. But that's neither here nor there. You start there. And the demographic data is generally what people just absorb. And that's kind of where they leave it is, you know, what's the age, sex, location, income level, right? But that doesn't really offer us enough detail to know how we're going to market to them. What this does, though, is it's still important and it shouldn't be glossed over. Mm -hmm. It tells us where these people are hanging out, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're looking at, you know, people that are 16 to 24, and they're they're really excited about short viral content then yeah maybe tiktok is for you if they're mm-hmm. moms and coupon cutters that you know that are looking for you know really interesting ways of lifestyle and cooking and recipes and fashion maybe pinterest is good for you or instagram you, you get the point we've got it when we know like okay if it's mostly females you know 25 to 35 that are kind of in the homemaking space, Pinterest might be a great spot or interest Instagram might be a great spot. So now we know where they hang out. So we have a pretty mm-hmm. good idea. And at the end of the day, it also is like thinking about and actually doing the research of, you know, what are they interested in? But that's where mm-hmm. we get into the second part, which I think is much more important, which is the, what I like to call connection points, which are values, goals, and interests. Now, Um, this is one of those things where values help you to know whether they align. That's why it's so important to know what you value, because let's say I am, you know, let's say I'm shooting out an email, I'm designing my company and figuring out, should I be automated with my emails or should I be a little bit more personal with my emails? Now the response time's slower in the second one than the first one, but there's a more personal touch to it. There's no right or wrong. I need to look at my values and make that decision because if somebody values going really, really, really fast and they don't want to wait, and I decide to go the route of automation, but I'm a very relational, you know, really want to develop that relationship with them in a, in a very meaningful way, I'm actually going to end up attracting the people that don't align with me at all, right? Because I'm just mm. following the cultural trend. Again, that's not to say that we just say, oh, I'm just not going to use automation at all. The values also help us to be out-of-the-box thinkers and go, well, how do I use this tool to honor my value and use it in a creative way? I'm not just going to use it the way culture is using it. I'm going to use it the way that it honors the values of my company or I can coach the people Mm -hmm. in my company. So that's the first thing, which is kind of an aside, but back to the customer avatar, which is now the values let us know if we align. The goals let us know what we're trying to achieve or what they're trying to achieve, what they want. And the interest gives us the analogies that we can use in our marketing that actually speaks directly to them. So here's an example, for for instance. Let's say that we are in the real estate um, uh, bubble, right? We're in the real estate industry. And Hmm. we know that the people value family, right? You know, versus like work. They would, if they want to work, they may want a home office versus two or three bedrooms, right? They, um, their goal is to find the right home to grow into, and they value gardening, right? Aren't they're interested in gardening? So then, you know, a marketing campaign could look something like, you know, plants with the deepest roots or last the longest. Families that lay down deep roots also last. Help us lay down mm-hmm. roots with for you 
by finding the right home. Call us today, right? Much more inspiring. So people might go, well, well, how do I find that information? I'd say that if you've been in business for a while, there are a couple ways to do this. One, just go back and look at your testimonials and see if they're recurring mm. threads. Also, this mm -hmm. is a great opportunity. It's always easier and less expensive to keep your people happy than to acquire new customers. Call them and say, hey, mm -hmm. I'd like to take 15 minutes to just talk about the experience we had with you. Um, would you be, you know, and get those things and start doing that. Now, going forward, we do the what's called the Ford model. And this is an acronym that stands for family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. And this is a relational selling practice, right? Sales can be like, ooh, sales, right? But if we think about sales as building a relationship and getting to know the other person, that's where we get this information. So every person that you interact with should be asking, hey, what do you like to do for fun? Well, I had to go mm. skiing on the weekends with my kids. Well, I've heard skiing and I heard kids, so I know there's family. Now I've got a follow-up question. Well, tell me about your kids. How old are they? Oh, they're 13 and 9 and one's got a birthday. Oh, cool. You guys going to do anything for your birth for the birthday? Oh, we're going out to Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know. You know, you're getting these information and what you're going to do is you're going to keep that in a CRM or a spreadsheet or however you want to track that and look for patterns. Look for patterns over time. Mm. And the beautiful mm -hmm. thing is if you're doing it the first way, like you've been in business for a while, you're calling back your old customers. There are also ways to sell back into those customers, but also by asking those questions, we can look for how we're not we're offering value and not just trying to make another sale. Because that's not what mm -hmm. business should be about, is just trying to cap add capital gain and looking at people as dollar signs, but looking at adding capital value into their lives and just having to make money as a result of that. And I think that's the mm -hmm. different authenticity versus, you know, that skeezy uh, car salesman with the Lamborghini with no engine. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, so then as we're going through that, how are we building the confidence in the buying decision for these clients? Uh, building the confidence for the buying decisions? That's a great question. I think that goes back to what you were talking about earlier, which is knowing what you're offering, right? So when yeah. we're listening mm -hmm. for what their goals are, we have to know that we can match those goals. And when we need mm -hmm. to be able to be honest if we can't. Because I think that there's a lot, and, and this, I think a lot of, um, so, you know, I know there's an audience all over the spectrum of who listens, right, from I've been in business for 20 years to I'm a startup. And I think with startups, they can really get into the, the, the place of like, well, I'm scared. I don't even know what I offer yet, you know? Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think that mm -hmm. comes down to then offer the relationship first and listen and build your network at the same time. Start building mm -hmm. a network with, and this goes, honestly, this is great advice for both. But I use the startup because we can look at it more holistically because if you can if you can start from a place where you're like, there's no resources and what are the resources you need? A lot of times when people are further along in, they think I've got the resources and they don't, they neglect the ideas of the, the resources they may be missing. So I think it's mm. building a strong network, not being afraid of competitors, by the way. Competitors mm. can end up becoming really great allies and Absolutely. fill gaps that you don't have. And then you either can find mm -hmm. ways to pass referrals back and forth. And the other one is really doing that and just building a relationship first and learning. Because at the end of the day, you are going to fall on your face a couple times. Whether you're a startup yeah. or whether mm -hmm. you've been in the business for 20 years, we all do it. And that's okay. The best thing entrepreneur, every good, solid entrepreneur knows that failure is a much better teacher than success. So we build those relationships and we find where there are gaps. And we do the research for those gaps. We go, okay, I don't know this, which means I need to know this. The hungry entrepreneur gets fed, right? And the hungrier we are, the more we don't know, sometimes is the better because that's the person. That's why a lot of startups sometimes or a lot of people that enter the game, look at 
Blockbuster versus Netflix. Blockbuster, back in the day when there was a little-known company called Netflix and nobody knew who they were, Blockbuster was complacent. They were like, eh, we don't need to worry about these guys. We get 8% of our revenue from late fees. See where their value <laughs> was. They looked at people as transactional. Now, you know, Netflix was looking at how to offer a different level of value. And they didn't have the selection of movies. They didn't have the backing. They didn't have a lot of they didn't have a lot of anything that I mean, Blockbuster was a juggernaut. You know, same with Microsoft. Back in the 90s, Microsoft was unstoppable. How did Google come? Because Microsoft kept worrying more about selling um, their their property, right? Their their having things where I had to buy from Microsoft. And there were so many lawsuits and so many uh, internal things happening within the company that little known company called Google rose up from under them. And now what do we talk about all the time? We talk about Google all the time. It's on the yeah. tip of everybody's tongue. So I think it's, it's first knowing it's okay not to know everything or not to necessarily have all the tools because those tools are out there. Once you start talking to your customer and find out where your gaps are, if you're hungry enough, you will find those. And also being okay with your network sphere, being both people that are your power partners that fill gaps that you can't, also some of those mm -hmm. being competitors. So when somebody comes to you and says, hey, I need X, and you're like, I do Y, but I know, you know Joe does X really well. Let me refer you out. What happens a lot of times in these instances is one, you've already built trust because you said, look, mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a trusted ally, right? Mm -hmm. You can trust me. And a lot of times, Joe might come back to you and say, hey, they're looking for this. Now I need you to help me. Absolutely. Because you're, you're Absolutely. filling that. Yeah. So I think that's a great way to do it. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, and you just you just hit on something else, you know, when it comes to that competitive factor, because people are so afraid of their competitors a lot of times. But, you know, I just had an instance yesterday that prove, proves this very point, right? Uh, in, in the digital marketing world, unfortunately, there are a lot of scammers. There are a lot of people that go around and, you know, they'll, they'll take your money for nothing and uh, they'll keep charging you for it year after year, right? Uh, and you will be none the wiser if you if you don't understand uh this this world of marketing right um mm -hmm. i purposely go out and look for my competitors that are fantastic at what they do and they're honest in this field and they are looking to really serve their clients because it makes awesome partnerships and when you can build that kind of you you have the capability of changing your entire industry you want to become an expert you want people to look at you as having that value in what it is you're trying to do and that is one of the the best ways to do it if you can create those partnerships that gives you instant credibility 100 agree i would say there's a word of caution here though which is mm -hmm. and it's not the word of caution i think people are going to expect me to say it's remembering that brand is reputation so those that mm. you refer out to are as much a reflection on you so it's not being afraid of competitors or people in your but this goes for competitors and people in your um your sphere right we can get mm -hmm. into networking groups and then we refer out to somebody and that person completely drops the ball well guess what it yeah. doesn't just reflect on them it reflects on you because you're the one that made that decision i've i'll be honest i've made that mistake before early on in my in my career here and mm -hmm. it's made me a lot more cautious this is something that any entrepreneur listening at any stage know that you're gonna make mistakes you know mm -hmm. um and some of those mistakes can be extremely detrimental but it's really all about how you handle this is something I've taught a lot of people about is, you know, 
nobody really, at the end of the day, nobody really cares about the mistake. They care about how the mistake is handled to believe, believe yeah. it or not. I think people panic about the mistake and they go, Oh my gosh. So if, if, so the first thing is to anticipate where mistakes could happen. One of those is I refer out to somebody and they drop the ball. That looks bad on me. So vetting those people goes back to the same part that I talked about internally, because oftentimes we think about our partners as an external sphere, but I would say treat contractors, partners, and team members all in a similar fashion as that they're all part of your sphere. We call them, you know, our tribe or, you know, there's all sorts of people throwing out, you know, like it's part of my tribe, right? Well, treat them that way. Don't look at them as like, well, I've got my, I've got my people internally, my, my team members, I've got, you know, I've got all my employees. And then I got these people over here that I work with. Be like, look at them as, as closely as, and build those deep relationships with them. And how you do that and how you vet that is again, through your values and not just plastering them on a wall and calling it a day, but knowing, you know, narrowing it down to three so they're memorable and making decisions through that, right? You know, relational business practices, let's say like ours are relational business practices, high quality education and intentional quality. So, mm. so let's say that I'm, I'm partnering with somebody, I'm going to start asking them, Hey, why are you, why do you enjoy doing what you do? What do you want to contribute? You know, and I'm listening for things that align. If they're like, I really like working with people and I really like helping them to understand how these processes work. And I really want to make sure that they get the right thing. Well, they didn't say relational business practices, high quality education and an intentional quality of work and life. Right. But I heard all the alignment pieces. Now, that gives you a lot more confidence to refer out. So I say those are things that if we start with the foundation, we can build authenticity as well by being able to attract customers and also reflect those customers to people that are attractive as well. And then that just mm -hmm. reflects wholly on our brand. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I have the show actually, you know, is to, yeah. uh, is to connect people with those people that are fantastic. I think when the show first started off, I did make a few connections. I was like, uh, I don't know if that was such a good idea. You know, yeah, <laughs> you, you were one of the good ones, Gabriel. Oh, that's why I got invited back. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> or was that's it to right. redeem myself? No. <laughs> So tell me, what else do we? What else do the listeners need to know about uh, about uh, uh, bringing in the right the right clients? Is there anything else we need to share with them? Uh, we're I know we're getting a little short on time, so yeah. I think at the end of the day, it it really is giving. I think it's twofold. If I if I were to say, I think it's giving yourself grace and giving others grace. And um, mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is again going back to it's okay to make mistakes but but anticipate those mistakes and learn from those mistakes and give grace when those mistakes are made um i think another piece of it is just really putting relationships at the forefront we you know i'm not a huge fan if anybody has ever talked to me for two minutes you know that i work in this space and um and i've learned to utilize tools you know being in the world but not of the world like i don't like social media to be completely honest yeah. i never have yeah. I remember when I was in my early 20s and MySpace came out and I turned to my friend and I said, this will be the, this will be the death of modern society. <laughs> and I said that back in MySpace days. Um, and, uh, but the reality is, is that there is something really neat about the shift of culture where now we can reach out and actually touch our customers. But mm. yet we've somehow treated social media as this kind of circus, this kind of performance piece. I like to call conversations like a ping pong a game where mm -hmm. the ball is the conversation. And a conversation requires questions. 
And I, I, I would challenge anybody listening to this, scroll down through your favorite social media platform, see how long it takes before you get a question. <laughs> and I, I bet you'll scroll for a long time. But so how do we play ping pong if we're just swinging our paddles at each other? So, so I think reality is, is that people really going to appreciate when you're asking them about them. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of conclude with this. My, I remember when I was young, my dad told me that he sat, I think it was like on a plane um, somewhere and this guy was kind of chatting him up and, and they, my dad said he didn't say like two words. And the guy got off the, the plane. He said, you're the most fascinating man I've ever spoken to. And my dad <laughs> said, I let him talk about him. And the reality is, is I think as businesses, our marketing tends to be a lot about us. We tend to go, mm -hmm. look at me, look at me. And social media has done no favors here. But we now have the opportunity to reach out, build a relationship, and ask questions. Ask, what is it that you're looking for? What is your major pain point? What are you trying to accomplish? What's your family like? What's, you know, all these things and getting these, these, these pieces together. And that's where we're able to give more and, 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 and more investment rather than price. We're about to give more value. We're about, we're able to give more of ourselves. Um, it's yeah. scary because it requires vulnerability, but it's worth doing. Mm. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Very well said. Thank you, Gabriel. Before we take off today, I do want to leave our listeners with our digital marketing tip of the day. And since we're talking about attracting the right clients today, I want to leave you with a few ideas on how to show your credibility and your expertise to your audience, as this is a prime factor in their choice to do business with you, as we just talked about. So before we jump into these, the one thing you must always do, though, is get consistent, as we said, with whatever you decide to do. Additionally, do not be afraid to give away too much information. Most of the time, people aren't looking to do what you do themselves, but they want to believe that you can do it for them. So sharing your knowledge shows this. So number one, look for groups on LinkedIn and Facebook or specifically wherever your audience is hanging out looking for advice share your share your knowledge there and join these groups start interfacing with the people there and as gabriel just suggested uh make sure that you're asking questions in those groups share number two share information from other experts along with your opinion and your insights on what to talk about or what they're talking about so again linkedin is a great place to do this but youtube clubhouse and emails newsletters or some other locations that you might consider also number three engage with people that comment on what you post. Make sure to answer any questions that they have, but also acknowledge their comments, even if they're just telling you how much they liked your show or maybe or your, your post, or even how much they disliked your post. Um, make sure that you're commenting back or that you're, that you're at least liking or, you know, making some sort of gesture towards what <laughs> that really came out wrong, but just make sure that you're talking back with them, that you're engaging with them. All right. And number four, get on podcasts that cover the subjects you want to be known as an expert in. So there is a podcast for just about every niche and subject in the world. So you may have to work your way up to the more popular shows, but start where you're at. A, a great place to go is matchmaker.fm to find shows that fit your niche. And you might even consider starting your own podcast. And if this is something that you are interested in, I would love to have a conversation with you reach out to me at wsidigitalconnections.com and we can chat. I want to thank my guest, Gabriel Shields at Be New Creative. You can find Be New Creative at benewcreative.com.
creative.com. That's B-E-N-U, creative. Com. And please make sure to follow us, subscribe, and like us wherever you get your podcast. You can find this episode and previous shows along with contact information for me and all of our guests at our website at digitalconnections.us. Have a great week and tune in next time for another amazing digital connection for your business. Music.